podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Wrap, the podcast that celebrates the six times champions of Europe. Back once again to get your second week as a champion of Europe off to a good start. Uh, we're going to do this one a little bit different. Uh, I'm still sort of fuming, really, to be honest. The, the whole city seems to have like gone back to work um, and has, has stopped drinking post-parade and everything. And I thought we were basically in for a summer of full-on party. Um, it seems to have not happened, but essentially what we're going to do is try and keep that going. Uh, we're doing no transfer talk, nothing about the internationals. Uh, I've got five people in a room with me here and we're going to go over our sort of season reviews of how the campaign went, the format is that everyone will get five minutes or so uh, to speak about what the season meant to them, their highlights, that sort of thing and then we'll come back with a couple of questions to each person. The show as ever is in association with Redsbet. Redsbet is a gambling company with a difference in the half of their profits that means you're losing bets. Go to uh, fan causes. If you have an account with them you can choose which fan causes you would like your money to go to uh, but always make sure to uh, gamble in a safe and responsible manner, whether that is with Redsbet or anyone else, quite frankly. Uh, but for now, I am Dan Austin. I've got with me Andy Heaton, Gareth Roberts, Ian Ryan, Craig Hannon and Kev Walsh. And as I say, we're all going to go through our season reviews. And I'm going to start with Kev. So Kev, 2018-19. <coughs> Let's have it. The year of the Divoch. It's all, uh, it's all I can think about when I think about 2018-19. Uh, I've listened to a few of the shows and everyone's very positive and obviously rightly so because of the Champions of Europe and it's fantastic and it's amazing. A little bit of me still, a little bit. I said it on a show the other week that winning the European Cup wouldn't make up for not winning the league. And now, that is how stupid that sounds because the last couple of weeks has been absolutely fantastic that we have won the league. Sorry, that we have won the European Cup. But it really did need that to salvage the season for me because because of the highs we've been taking to with this team. And if you look at the way we started the league, we didn't see the goal thing for the first three games. We, we just swatting teams aside. We went to Tottenham. <clears throat> And beat them. We were two 0 up, and he got at least a consolation, effectively. But we looked unbeatable. We looked like there was no one going to be able to do anything against us this season. I thought there's something going on here, and I think, I think for a lot of people, it was more hope of a league challenge at that point than expectation. But I think after that Tottenham game, I I, I thought, nah, this is on this. So the season went from there. Obviously, we. We just kicked everyone's ass to start the season, didn't we? <laughs> Effectively, anyone who come and got on our way, we just went through them. The season, in the league terms, is probably defined by what is now being called the blip, now the or the drop off or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's it's two games, isn't it? Really, or three if you want to put Man City in there. But the the Leicester at home game after City have dropped the points the night before, and it's just like, oh my god, I was like, this we're going to go top of the league and. Well, this this is going to be the point where we take advantage of it, and then when we didn't, it just felt a little bit ooh, old Liverpool. Then we go. I think we leather. Was it, is that when we beat Watford five nil? Somewhere around then, anyway. And then we we dropped the points away at West Ham, and in both of them games, we dropped points by dropping the goals just before half time. But then this team learns from its mistakes, and then that doesn't happen again throughout the rest of the season. It's just unfortunate that at that time we did that. The highlights of the season for me, European Cup, obviously, unbelievable. You look at the, the important <clears> minutes we've had of people. The Allison save will go down in Liverpool folklore now, the one at Napoli, because without that save, we're, in the, we're probably going to Baku. We're arguing amongst ourselves how we're getting there. He was, he was getting one of the 6,000 tickets, as well as we take 70,000 people to Madrid instead. Unreal. The Bobby F goal against PSG to get the last-minute winner at Anfield, fantastic again. 
then you go into the knockout stage of the European Cup and Porto, I think everyone knew it was going to be an easy game, but just how easy we made it look was when everyone started going, oh, League and European Cup double, yeah. Now, if you listen back to the shows, I was champion of the League and European Cup double from <coughs> September. Because yeah. I, I, I fancied us at Hopes. But the best team in England, in my opinion, but probably so therefore we're probably one of the best teams in Europe. Then Porto was dispatched with such ease. Then the Bayern Munich game at home, I think we I think we'd done the post match show together actually Dan and we, it was very much oh we probably let them sit back a little bit too easily yeah and people who knew a little bit about football were saying well that's fine but they've got a nil-nil at Anfield now they've got to try and stop a score at their place and then when we went there we didn't just beat them we, we took them apart we played the game exactly the way we wanted to play it we didn't let them have any any of their own decisions to make we made every decision in that match and from there you could see the fear everyone else had from us <coughs> in Europe so you get gets past that and obviously Go Barcelona, and that knocked the stuff <clears> in our army. In the league, we were flying. We'd had obviously the two drop points, the two games we dropped points, United and Everton. And then from that, the run from that, when you look back on it now, it's spectacular. It's ridiculous the amount of games we win, the amount of late winners we get because we know what we're going to do. But then after that Barcelona 3 0 away game, I was a little bit of a, a little bit of a tell all here, a little bit of an admission. I didn't bother going to the home leg because I was that pissed off. Because <laughs> so we played them on the, the previous Wednesday, hadn't we? Then yeah. we won at the weekends. We beat Newcastle with the last minute winner, and City played Leicester on the Monday night. And fucking company, it's that one in. And I swear to God, I don't think I've ever felt as low as a football fan as I did after that. I was on my knees. I just had it in my head all season that something was going to happen and something was going to come. We were going to win the league. And when it didn't, I was like, oh, I fucking hate football. So I threw me toys out the pram, sat in our house and watched Line of Duty. <laughs> sat in our house, watched Line of Duty and had the fucking footy on my phone as we go and beat Barcelona 4-0. It's for the greatest night in Anfield's history. So that just shows you, Reds, don't ever give up on this team. <laughs> and that, that's where I'll end my little season review, because what a fucking dickhead. <laughs> Do you think that comes into... The fact that you didn't go that game, because you mentioned that, that winning the European Cup for you still doesn't really make up for not winning the league. Do you think if you'd have gone to that Barca game, do you think you'd feel any differently? Yeah. Or were you able to just like put it aside after? No, no, I'll, I'll fall on frank admission. If I'd have been there, I think the European Cup would mean even more to me. Now, that's not a, like, don't get me wrong, I was delighted with the European Cup and I haven't stopped smiling since. I've done the same as everyone else, I've watched all the videos. But, Losing the league, and it did feel like we lost the league. I felt, I know it wasn't in our hands for such a long time going into it, but in my head, because it because it's all I ever want. I just want the Europe. I want the league because I've seen us win the European Cup. I just felt like something was going to happen, and then when it was nil nil going into sixty minutes against Leicester for Man City, I just thought this is the one. I've been saying it for as long as anyone had listened to me that all the team had to do was get into half time and then get them to the first 10 minutes of the second half, and then City start running out <coughs> the legs, and blah, 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 blah. And then all that comes to, and 48-year-old Vincent Company on one way, <laughs> 40 yards, and my head, my head just went. My head just went. How did you feel final day then? Because obviously Liverpool are still in with the shot when they go into the Wolves game. Barca's been in the week. We know there's a European Cup final to come, but the company <coughs> goal has happened. Did you still think it could happen? Yeah, 100%. One, I was convinced we were going to win the league still because I think it's probably well it's definitely more hope than expectation but I went into that match and I'd, I'd gone through every permutation about Brighton beat Man City and in my head I was thinking Glenn Murray is the one to do this for Liverpool do you know what I mean and then when they score I was like this is it because I, I, the other thing I was always saying is we were going to win the league 
but we're never going to win a league by winning it by 20 points. Do you yeah. know, like City have done and other teams have. We don't we don't do anything like that really. The, the European Cup we just won is probably the simplest, <clears throat> the simplest cup final we've won since what Sunderland in nineteen ninety two, something like that. So I went into that match and then when City scored the fourth, so even when Brighton were three one down, I had it in my head they could equalise. They could get two goals back against City, and then when the fourth one went in, I lost my shit and stormed off the ground and went to the pub and. The Stanley was shocking. Everyone was having a lovely laugh and talking about going to Madrid. And I went and sat outside on my own fucking fuming. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, I told you. This is like this is cathartic. This is like a little like a little counselling session. <laughs> right, cathartic. Uh, we'll move on then for for our next bit of catharsis to uh, Ian Ryan. Your season review, Ian. <clears throat> it's hard to think of a more more intense season than we just witnessed. Um, just to reflect on something the manager says when he first comes into the club, he gets asked about why he'd want to come to Liverpool and he talks immediately about how intense it is, how intense we are as fans and that matches what he is perfectly. Um, he also says something around if we are willing to be patient and wait, then we could be in for something really special. And that's what transpires. And in terms of this review, I'm going to kind of chunk it up into little sections, really. So the first bit I wanted to talk about was September, because I think that's when we start to play some really big football matches. And it's the first glimpse, really, for me, of just how good this Liverpool team could be. So we go to we go to Leicester early on, and a few of us went from the rap as well. Um, my first thought was, how the fuck am I back on this bus? So, <laughs> so soon after Kiev. But a number of other things kind of strike me that day. Um, <coughs> Liverpool find a way to win a really tough football match. And that's a theme that kind of flows through the rest of the season. Um, but also, later in the season, the manager talks about mentality monsters. And I think we get our first real glimpse of what he's talking about. Because Alison Becker that day makes a horrendous mistake. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect him one iota. He just cracks on and plays his, and plays his normal game and he's great. And you wouldn't even know he'd made a mistake. And then the other thing that hits me that day is that Joe Gomez might be the best young centre-half in world football. He's phenomenal that day. His aggression, his pace, his power, his play on the cover is sensational. Uh, and they're the main things I took from Leicester. And then we go to Spurs and we we put a real marker down because we beat another big hitter on their own patch, albeit it's Wembley. And then quickly followed by PSG, which is a, a huge football match. Um, but they fronted us before that game. A lot of their big players, they fronted Anfield. Biggest mistake you can do. When are these players going to learn? And we absolutely kind of took it to them on that night. And it ends up being 3-2. <clears> but again, it's that adversity piece where Liverpool could easily finish that game to all. It wouldn't have been fair, but we find a way to win that match. And it ends up being a huge moment in the season, that PSG game. Quickly followed by Chelsea away. And again, this was this kind of it kind of flies in the face really of when people say it doesn't matter when you play teams. It absolutely does. Because Chelsea were in a really good moment, as were we. It was a huge football match. Uh, it's a masterclass from Daniel Sturridge at the end where you can put all your goalies in, no one's saving it. Top bin, unreal. Again, a few of us watched it together. Um, the let off after that game was fucking brilliant. It was brilliant. It felt it was more than a point. It was there was a defiance about it. It was a there was an air of we shall not be fucking moved about it. Um, and then the other thing that was a bit mad about that day was that Rob Owen and Ben Joe and I did a post match pint 
and it was just a huge fight whilst we were doing the post-match pint. We just added, we just added to the whole madness of the day, to be honest. Over a spoon. Over a spoon, yeah, I mean, it's totally fair. Um, <laughs> so I want a big spoon. <laughs> and, then, um, and, then, and then we kind of negotiate October and November with, with some mixed results, it's fair to say. But we do okay. And then I remember going into December, the narrative was very much around, it was around Liverpool are going to struggle. Liverpool are going to crumble here because there were some huge football matches in December. There was the Blues... Uh, there was United, um, there was Arsenal, there was Napoli, there was Bournemouth, there was Newcastle. Um, but again, we were absolutely sensational in this club, finds a way. There was some thrilling football at times, but there was just times where we managed to get through games and get three points. We then ended up playing City in January, which was, which still, still hurts now, to be honest, because I think we played pretty well that night and were so close to getting three points. And... If it was like a boxing contest, I think City are probably only minutes away from it from it being stopped because we were all over them. And we also, we you'd also lose the fact that we score one of the greatest goals of the season that night, and it gets forgotten because of obviously how the, the how the match turns out. And then following City, there's there's one or two, you wouldn't say struggles, but there's one or two draws in there which I remember at the time being a little bit critical about. But in hindsight, when you look back on the season. 97 points, I mean, you can't really be critical uh, about anything really and you should be allowed to get a draw um, but the bar's been set now where draws can kill you um, and I think the manager he's obviously meticulous, he's a perfectionist he may forensically go back over the season and look at where he could maybe pinch another point or two because as I mentioned, the bar's now been set where you have to get near 100 points or you might not win the league, which just seems ridiculous but it's the world we currently live in um, we then have Bayern Munich, which is certainly the away game. It's a huge performance from Liverpool. Um, I remember watching it and just being massively proud of them. I was thrilled for the manager because he gets to go back to the most iconic club in Germany and go, right, this is what I've created. There you go, I've some of that. Um, and the game is just decorated by by class. There's two assists that are just off the scale. Uh, the Sadio Mane goal is just one of the best pieces of brilliance you will ever see. Um, and he kind of just reannounces himself to Europe that he is absolutely elite level. Um, so that was a, a real standout moment. And if you take the emotion out of it, I actually feel a bit sorry for Bayern Munich because we've been there where a big hitter rolls into town and there's nothing you can do. All the tactics you want doesn't matter. <clears throat> Liverpool were just too good and we make it known to them that we're too good from very early on. Um, after that, you've got, you've got big games in the league, um, Spurs and Southampton was just unreal and I agree with Kev at that point I absolutely believe we're winning the league everything points to Liverpool winning the league there's no doubt in my mind something will happen that ensures that we lift that title um, but it's not to be but we crack on in Europe and we have the two games against Barcelona and the one away from home the one away from home hurts because in between both boxes we were great we lacked a little bit of ruthlessness um, and I remember coming out of the boozer and just texting people and saying, right, well, Europe's over, it's done. It, it can't happen now. You've, you've just lost to one of the greatest sides in, in world football and possibly one of the best players who's ever pulled on a pair of boots. It's just taking the game away from you and you've got a cop for it. Um, but then the second leg happens and I know where, I kind of know where Kev's coming from because I only went out of duty. I felt like I had to go, um, but it was out of duty. I wasn't expecting anything. You know, you think Anfield saved up everything it possibly can and yet it goes and delivers that game of football, which will just live long in the memory. Um, 
you know, if if, if Spielberg fucking writes it, then it gets slated for being too far fetched. It's just ridiculous. It should never happen, but yet it does happen. Um, and I remember walking to my bad memory from that night is walking to meet Gibbo to do the post match show, and just thinking, don't ever fucking doubt these boys. Don't ever fucking doubt them again because they are probably the best team I've ever seen put on a red shirt. And I remember having constant arguments with me half through the season because he's weathered to 88, he's weathered to 79, he's weathered to 84, understandably so. He wouldn't have it that this Liverpool team compared. And he turns to me that night and just goes, these might be the best. And that's before we've even got to fucking Madrid. And he admits he might be the best. Um, and then on to Madrid, and I won't dwell on it too much because we've talked about it loads. But... Um, I mean, what a night in all of our lives. You know, everyone sitting around this table, absolutely, I'm sure, would agree. Um, it was a privilege to be in Madrid. Um, I can only imagine how much of a privilege it would have been to have been inside the stadium. But I think wherever you got to watch it in the world, we all got to witness the same thing. And that was this club climbing back on their fucking perch um, and giving a big fuck off to the rest of the world. And the whole of Europe sat up and, and took notice that night. And that's a that's an unbelievable place to be. It's a magnificent place to be at the end of the season. Um, yeah, that's my season review. So you've you've ended there Ian, on on a very positive note. It's a magnificent place to be. I think the the first of all, I still think we're buzzing off that Barcelona game to an extent. Like it's never mm. quite dropped since then, and I think that's why we take the league, losing the league on the final day quite easily. Speak for yourself. But, well, <laughs> but easier than maybe what we would have expected. Um, certainly if we'd have been knocked out. But also, the, the, there's still an excitement that not only based on what they've done this season, but what they're going to do next season and the season after and the season after that. You just feel like, certainly in my lifetime, and I, I presume probably yours as well, that, that this is the best place Liverpool have ever really been at the end of a campaign. Yeah, I think so. I think that's why I kind of referenced Klopp at the beginning of it in his interview, because... You know, he talks about just being patient. And I think the difference with this manager is you believe every word he says. So when he tells you something, you, you, you believe it to be true. And I think we all understood that regardless of what happened in the league, and I, and I get where Kev's coming from because it, it, it crushed me a little bit because I'm desperate to fucking win it. Last time we won it, I was only a little kid and I want to see us lifted again. Um, so it hurts. But the Champions League, I mean, you can't even call it a consolation because it is simply the biggest trophy in club football that he takes home. And by the way, you know, only three fellas before him have done it. You know, you forget just what a historic, kind of massive thing this is for him to do. You know, it's 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 huge in the game. Um, it gets lost a little bit. Though this is not something that happens all the time. He's got and done something that so few before him have done. Um, so I think we all know we're in a fantastic place with this manager. So whilst we can we can kind of bemoan a little bit about not winning the league, to win the Champions League was just was just magnificent. And as I say, it's now what happens next because we don't think for one second the journey ends here. We absolutely believe that the next step probably will end up being the league title. Just on that, sorry to, no. to jump in there. <clears throat> Do you think if we hadn't won the European Cup this season, there'd have been a temptation for Klopp to say to right, we need to make some changes here. We've had players who've taken us to a certain point, but not got us <coughs> over the line. I was specifically thinking, and listen, it sounds like heresy to say it now, the likes of Jordan Henderson, who's been in there for a long time, but maybe... As a player, you could possibly improve upon, but also somebody who now has had maybe the stuff knocked out of him for to the, to the point where he's thinking, can he recover from this? Because I think what this will give Henderson lifting the European Cup is huge. I think it'll probably extend his Liverpool career another five years. If, he had, if we hadn't won it, and he'd have been saying, oh, we go again next year, I think 
even in his own his own mind. And I think in Klopp's head, I think he might have thought, I need to freshen things up mm. a little bit here. I need to. We've been amazing and still not quite got there. Is it a mentality thing with some of the players? So do you think if we hadn't won the European Cup, that would have been a, chance, a possibility? I think, yeah. I think it could have been. Um, I think there's no doubt that Klopp is a massive fan of Henderson. There's no doubt about that. But I think you're right. If, if it had ended in glorious failure again, I think he would have had to look at it and say, right, I need to do something different. And I think there would have been a lot of clamour from fans as well, just to, to mix it up a little bit. You know, the captaincy thing would have reared its head again. There's no doubt about it. That's now been put to bed, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think you've seen the impact Henderson's had on the team and the squad just by what people say about him. But I think, yeah, the manager would have had to have looked at it. Um, and sometimes you do need to freshen things up. You know, Ferguson, he used to always freshen up the backroom staff, didn't he? Because he knew that, you know, eventually, you know, messages can fall on deaf ears and you've got to get other people delivering those key messages. And I think it's the same for the players. And I think he absolutely would have made some some big changes. But now, after what he's seen, 97 points, European Cup win, I think you see very few tweaks, Kev, to be honest. Right, thanks very much to Ian for that. Next one we'll do is uh, Gareth Roberts, your season review. Yeah, uh, the big thing for me is just sort of, the thing I've been thinking about is it's just sort of all my life why I've been watching Liverpool or the majority of the time I've been going anyway, there's, there's always been, if I'm being honest, a gap between our perception of Liverpool Football Club and the actual reality. And like we, you know, we'll shout from the absolute rooftops year after year that we're fucking great, that we're the best team in the world, we that we've got the best supporters, the best ground, whatever. And some of it literally isn't true and hasn't been true for a long, long time. But now it is true, and now it is true, and now we've got a European Cup that shows it's true. And that for me is the big thing because before the ball was kicked this season, we were out on the pre-season tour and we were getting to speak to some of the players and we were seeing what they were doing pre-season and had a look at the training and stuff like that and you just got a sense that there's a real sort of will and purpose there that that they could go and win something but then at the same time in the back of your mind you thought how damaging is it to lose a Champions League final and then in terms of the league they were 25 points back last season so who really tipped them to go as far as they did this season I know I didn't really deep down I thought yeah we can get closer but that close and to almost win it to be within a whisker nah and I think the big thing, you know, everyone's sort of going through games and, and points in the season, so there's no real point in me doing the same. But what I would say is that I think about it in terms of the people involved. And so Jurgen Klopp at the very top, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to his opening press conference at Anfield and he breezed in and he looked great and he sounded great and he said the great things and, you know, the normal one quote and all that kind of thing. But he, then he also said in the same sort of in the same press conference he came out with the idea of winning a title, which was later clarified to be some kind of cup. Um, but yeah, winning a title within four years, and I, I remember at the time thinking, Ooh, because I just think like you know people like Julia saying stuff like that five year plan, you know, seen it before, and I, I just thought the minute he doesn't do that, it, it you know it's a potential house of cards because the media the way it is. You know, things aren't chip paper anymore. They're held against you, you know, and they, people can search on the internet, find it and go, we are. And then, as much as Liverpool and us try to block the outside out, I think the moment that you make a promise and don't deliver on it, and the moment you, you potentially lose a, champ, a second Champions League final there and don't win the league, as Kev's alluding to before, I think things start to tumble. So the fact that we're the other side of that story and we've won something, we've come so close to winning the league. But now also, I think you just look at it, you look at the manager, you look at the personnel, you look at the squads, even the owners now and the people behind the scenes, you know, working on transfers and things like that, 
the trust is there and the trust was not there when that when Jurgen Klopp arrived. It was all over the show. You know, you think about the back end of Brendan Rodgers' reign. It was fucking awful. It was toxic. There was people fighting in the stands. It, you know, the squad as well. The squad was was shite. If, if we're all being honest, there was some stuff you could work with there. But what I think is interesting is it, it's mad in a way that it comes around being Spurs that we beat in the Champions League final because it was Spurs that Jurgen Klopp has his first game against. And you look at the two sides that started that first game. Spurs have still got seven of the same players starting in the Champions League final. Liverpool have got none. And so in three and a half years, Jurgen Klopp's turned it around to the point that we're winning the European Cup and almost winning the Premier League when we're up against one of the best teams ever in terms of Manchester City. So that's just a phenomenal job, like the, the best job. And the fact now that that perception reality gap's closed and we can go around the world, and we will, and we will for another 51 weeks, and say... <laughs> That we're the European <coughs> champions and we're one of the best teams in the world just, just uh, like fills me with so much pride because there's been so many times you've had to have the argument where it's deep down and you know there's there's part here inside going it's not right this though lad he's got a point there if someone's saying to you yeah but you're not that good it was always in your you, you don't back down obviously no one backs down and those kind of things but when you look at the players as well and like you know some of the players that have already got mentioned around the table Joe Gomez is 22 do you know what I mean? And he's phenomenal at 22. Trent's brilliant as well at 20. And, and you got Carragher talking about sort of, there's no reason why he can't go on to be the best in his world in, in his position. Plays for England at the weekend and he's brilliant again. Although Martin Tyler can't see it, but everyone else can. Um, and so you just you just think about, I, I just think, you know, I think the average age of the side, and obviously it's pushed up by certain individuals, is something like 26. And it that's just a great position to be in. And like, you know, the even like we're gonna do a transfer show after this. And the transfer shows now I've already found haven't done a few aren't manic. And they're not manic because we all know that we're in a pretty good position already. And anything that we get on top sounds great. But in previous years it's been like, you know, I have been doing this for what, eight years and obviously supporting Liverpool for a lot longer. And every every summer you wanted five, six, seven, eight and you don't this summer. I mean, you know, that'd be nice, but you know, you wouldn't be panicking if we bought two big, big signings, maybe one or their potential or something. And you'd just well, we're all right anyway. And I just think, you know, you look at look at the squad and there's no there's no problems there, there's no issues there, and there always has been in the past. There's always been someone that you're not sure about or someone that you felt was pushing for a move. Whereas now you look at it and you you know, look at someone like Sadio Mane, and I think, you know, he started the season on fire. He ended the season on fire. He was pretty good in the middle. He ends up doing top scorer. And every year, year on year, his, his figures improve. Year on year, it seems like he gets a better, he becomes a better player. Van Dyke the same. Like I, I still think Van Dyke can actually get better. And when you think of the position he's already in, that's that's ridiculous. And so this Liverpool side can get better. And what I, what I don't get currently, and look, I know it's the internet, and people always tell me I should ignore the internet. I'm probably not going to, if I'm be honest. <laughs> I'm probably always going to look and, and, and go worried on about, but there's people going, they can't do that again. Why? I mean, I, I think they got a bit of luck, don't get me wrong, in that so many of the key players basically play every game. You know, you look in the Premier League, I think Van Dijk's played every game, I think Mo Salah's made an appearance in every game, etc. Van Aldum's not far off. And so we maybe got a little bit lucky there in terms of injuries. But then I look at it as well, and I think, well, you've got Chamberlain to come back. You got Keiter in his second season, who can now contribute a lot more. I would suggest Fabinho the same, even Shakiri, where you know everyone expects him to leave. He looked that happy, and 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 there's no there's no thing of him kicking up a fuss. 
And I think all of a sudden, maybe in his second season, he knows more what's expected to him. And the sort of diffusion between the players and the squad will be better than it was previously because you just know because that's how things work that's how things work in life you work with people all the time you know how they work you know what the strengths and weaknesses are you know where they'll run when they'll run and that's why you know I watched back some of the goals this morning and you can just see the understanding between the side and that's why I was so good front and back that's not going away that's not going to disappear overnight and you know meanwhile you sort of look at look around and Spurs lost what 20 games last season all in all including the final and they're touted as what top three in this country Chelsea have got a transfer ban City have flogged com- you know companies gone and he's been a huge figure for them and I just don't I just don't know I think it's been a very quick evolution at Liverpool three and a half years to get to the point where you're winning the European Cup is fantastic and then there's loads more to come you know there's Brewster and stuff like that and I think when you look back across the season as well I think Ian mentioned about like look you've got to start a season going we basically need 100 points and that sounds mad but I think they can get on board with it because I think they've, they've done it now and they know what it takes and those those draws that are like Everton like Manchester United like Leicester like West Ham next time around when they're in exactly the same position they'll know and they'll go no we've got to push we've got to get the win this could be the difference and I wouldn't be surprised if it drives us on to win the league next season because I just think the way we drove on and won the European Cup after losing it the season before, we could do something similar in the league. And obviously there's a bit of reliance on that. We can't control City, we literally can't control them. And if they win every game, then we can't win the league because two of the games are against us. But I just don't think anything more can really be done at Liverpool right now. And that, that season just gone is the best season of football I've ever watched in my life. And it's absolutely fantastic, um, and and just everything about it. Like I say, you know, there's bits I'm always cynical about because that's that's me. And like you know, it, even now I would say, well, maybe I can have a go at the owners. But then I had to think about it before coming in, and I was like, oh, I can't really. I could say, you know, you could have a bit more balls about the Annie Road or something like that, or you could be a bit more upfront about what you're doing and when you're doing that. But equally, though, John, you know, John Henry was out there the other week saying. We'll buy people, and if the manager wants them, we'll get them. And so he's fairly upfront, and he'll not. He's another one where he knows that it, that'll be held against them. If they don't do that, you know, people will say, "Well, where's the money, John?" Because you know, things we've won the European Cup, and like I say, fifty-one weeks to boast about it. But we all know the way forty works and forty media works, and Liverpool don't make signings between now and the start of the season. Moaners will be out, blurts on Twitter will be out, and all the rest of it. But so he's made his bed now. So I, I, I don't see that they don't buy people. And therefore, if you buy people, the squad's stronger. You've got Brewster to come in as well. I haven't mentioned him. I just think we're in a fantastic place and, what, and it's a fantastic time to be a Liverpool fan. Already can't wait for next season. But in the meantime, we can keep not watching that one back over and over again. Uh, you mentioned a lot of the individuals there. Um, and I think what's been brilliant this season, and especially with the final, watching them all celebrate and stuff, is the genuine rapport between the supporters yeah. and the players because I, I feel like in my lifetime it's the first time that that's happened anyway so like all of the players that played in Istanbul are my heroes and the, the, the heroes of people older than me as well but I don't think we ever felt like the link with them like we like we had a genuine relationship with them they were the footy team we were the fans and that was how it worked but across this campaign I think we were all obviously so happy for ourselves for the club as a whole for all your mates your family that go to the game and everything but also all of them as individuals because they all seem like great people and we've taken to them so much. Absolutely. Um, and I think it, it definitely hasn't always been like that. You know, you've always had, for me at least anyway, one or two that you sort of liked or you were your hero or whatever. 
And then there was always players around the edge, around the periphery that you weren't sure about, even in some great sides. And, and I think this side is a—it's a really likable bunch, and it's no—you it, know—that's no coincidence because I think you know um, the manager is so huge on recruiting people as well as players. So he wants certain characters in, in the side, certain types of people in the side, and that, you know, again, it's no coincidence that so many of them have got the backstories that they've got. And I think that's why you see Liverpool coming back when they're behind. It's why you see Liverpool scoring late goals. It's why you see so many people on the periphery like. Debochirigu, Kev mentioned earlier, can't not mention him. You know, to to do what they're doing, to come on and contribute when you're left out in the cold for so long, is is hard because you know we've all got a brain and our brain all goes west and you know you get you sell yourself mad stories and all the all the rest of it. Devoch will have done that as well, although he probably knows how to control it a bit more than most of us because he's he loves psychology so much, but. It says something about the camp. I mean, even even players that didn't get a game all season, you know, you didn't hear them moan. Even someone like Lallana, I think he only plays like 16 times across the course of the season. And he's absolutely scoffed at the idea of leaving because mm-hmm. he wants to stay, he wants to be involved. And that's dead hard. And, you know, Sturridge as well is someone who in the past has kicked up a fuss and moaned and been seen as a little bit of a problem child. And then you see the, you know, you see the part and shot from him. And it was lovely, and he didn't have to do it. But he puts it out there, and he's talking about the staff, and he's not, it's not just players, it, it, it's physios, it's people in the canteen and all the rest of it. And I just think that the general vibe around the club at the moment is probably the best it's ever been. And that comes from the top, by the way. I, I still will put lots and lots of that down to being Jürgen Klopp. But I think it's Jürgen Klopp. We've got to give the owners some credit as well. And we've got to give some of these shadowy figures that we never ever see, like Mike Gordon and Edwards and all the rest of it. We've got to give them credit as well, because it just does feel like they're all on the same page, that they're all in the same place, they're all pushing in the same direction. And plenty of times that hasn't been the case. Garth, you mentioned um, the players learning from the experience of this title race. Do you think as fans, it'll be a lot easier for us next season? Do you think we've sort of learned from the experience of this season? that's happened already, hasn't it? I I think, you know, we don't have to cast our minds back that long ago where every time the opposition got a corner, it felt like we were almost sucking it in ourselves for them because you could you could hear and see and feel the nerves around it. Oh, fucking hell. And, you know, like... And all that that, that general general culture that existed at Anfield for so long of sort of absolutely volleying your own players... Like the, the amount of people that got, got called you over you. <laughs> Fuck <are> you. <laughs> and like, there's not, it feels like there's less of that now. And obviously, that's easier when you've got a good side. But, I, I, you know, I think it was I think it was dead important when Virgil came out around the Leicester game and just sort of said, we could feel that today. And it was the wrong vibe for us to perform. And I think a lot of people took that on board. Also, think as well, you know, there's been some brilliant work from the fans, the likes of Boss Knight, the Spy and Cop and all the rest of it, to really revive the fan culture. The fan culture is the best it's been probably for 10, 20 years, maybe more. I don't know. It, it, it's right up there. Again, it's a conversation that's not had anymore. There was always a conversation of how do we revive the cop? How do we bring it back? How do we get, get it singing again? Those conversations have gone. Those conversations aren't there. And, you know, what really pleased me, I think, was when we played... Bournemouth Saturday three o'clock and there's a big appeal from all fans to say let's get in there let's get behind the lads let's show them that we support them and let's push them on and everyone did that and it was Bournemouth three o'clock on a Saturday and there's been loads of you know not sexy games at three o'clock on a Saturday where that hasn't been the case I mean I, I you know I'll go all the way back to when I first started going I can remember us playing Wimbledon and like we had a good side John Barnes is in the side and all the rest of it it was dire it was shit the cop was standing and the atmosphere was crap 
And like this idea that Everton was Boston isn't actually the case. It's romanticism. And so, you know, to, to, to lift ourselves for essentially a bit of a boring match showed me what you're on about there, that we get it now as well as a, as a group of supporters. And I think everyone, first game in August, will be bang on it from the very start, knowing that we can challenge for the title next year. Thanks very much to Gareth. Next, Craig Hannon. Um, so I'm not sure whether it's because of um, the fact that we do this, um, the Anfield Wrap, that for me it felt like the the start of the season, this season started sort of 90 minutes um, at Kiev. I think for me it, it started at that moment. It started from the moment a day later that we signed Fabinho. Um, you know, it started from when we finally see Kate arrive and, and when we sign Alison. It started all before, um, the, the, the first league game of the season. And we said back at the time, um, after Kiev that it wasn't the end of something, that this was just the beginning. And I think when we went to America in the summer, you spoke to every individual at the club, whether it was a player uh, in the mix zone, whether it was Klopp in the interview, whether it was, um, you know, club staff, anyone you spoke to. They spoke about and they spoke in a way that it seemed like the club was geared towards one thing. Now, for us fans throughout the season, that one thing's been the league. And, you know, we've 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 waited years. Some of us have never seen it happen before. And like Kev said, it's this thing that's at the forefront of our mind at the start of every season that we want the league. And that's what we need. We need the league. Um, and this season we've sort of we've experienced the stresses and strains of a league we've we've experienced the highs and the lows we've experienced the late goals against Everton the you know the massive goals against Southampton at the end and Newcastle at the end and uh, we've we've watched them demolish Arsenal with you know we've 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 seen we've experienced these things um that are all part of a title race um we have we've watched 97 points <laughs> Which is this mad thing because if you think about it, 97 points in any other season wins us the league, and it was almost this near sort of perfect game plan for the um, for Jurgen Klopp on his side. Um, I think we've learned to trust this football team. Um, just a, a little bit like what Gareth said there, we've learned to we've learned to sort of not doubt them and and to whatever's happening in the game, whether it's sort of 90 the 90th minute and we're still drawn, or whether there's you know we're one nil down, um, you know after half time. We know that we can still come back, and the players know that, and they've got this belief instilled them now. Um, we've it's been a privilege watching this team, I think, and you know they weren't able to do what we wanted them to do, but we've we've watched so many players sort of come into their own. We've watched players uh, prove their doubters wrong. We've watched players become legends. We've watched you know a local lad sort of achieve his dreams uh, at the age of twenty years old. Um, we've we've watched new signings make an impact like like we've never seen before. We've watched the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. Um, you know, we've had the we've had the privilege of watching uh the PFA player of the year, Virgil van Dijk, uh, and and the, the joint top goal scorers in the league. Um it's it's been a special season, I think, and it's been a special it's been a se- special season watching a special football team. Uh and we're all living this now, but what gets me and what excites me most is that we're all going to be living this for the next few years, in my opinion. Um, I said at the start that the club were working towards one thing, and that for us it was the league. But I think, I think if Jurgen Klopp's talking to his players at the start of the season in America or in the preseason or whatever, the one thing that he's talking about is fulfilling their potential. Um, you know, I think that 
while we crave the league and while that's the the thing that's been in the forefront of our mind and at times you know we've not even been thinking about the Champions League it's just been the game on the Saturday it's just been you know where we are in the league it's just been what Man City are doing or what the fixtures that are that are coming up in the league um, I think that Jurgen Klopp knew at the start of the season that and the players that if they fulfilled their potential well they could go for both and and so while throughout the season we were thinking about the league and 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 uh, sort of concentrating on that, I think Jurgen Klopp and his players were plotting both, and that they come up short, but they come up short when you know pundits before Christmas were telling them that they should just concentrate in the league and they should just ditch the Champions League, you know when when you know fans were fixated with a league title, um, the players I think believed they could do both, um, and like I said, it was almost, it was an almost perfect game plan. Ninety seven points in any other season. Those draws against Everton, against United, you know they're good draws in in in, in a brilliant season. And this time they weren't. But they give us the European Cup, and and that's that's the thing for me. I think they give us the European Cup. They give us so many memories as well in the European Cup. They give us PSG at home. That is one that I sort of keep forgetting about. As this, you know, and you know ninety percent of other clubs uh, in this league, that would have been. The, the biggest night in their history that yeah. you know beating PSG right at the end um, they've given us Bayern Munich away they've given us trips to Portugal to Spain to, to Munich and they've given us all these memories that now you know are are memories that have led to something I think that's crucial because these mean something rather than just being experiences that we felt because last year we talked about how much fun we had and you know opposition fans would say ah you've had fun but you went to Kiev and you won nothing but this year, this year, we've experienced all of these things that these people will never experience. We've experienced these things that, um, you know, f- fans in the past have with this with this club. Um, but at the end of it all, we've won a sixth European Cup. Um, and I think it was, I think that final was a pivotal moment for Klopp for there to be something tangible for him because we have had so much fun under this manager, but we haven't had something tangible to hold on to and just, you know, for the players to swing above their heads and for us to go and kiss and touch in the, um, you know, Anfield this week. Um, and I think that's massive. And I think that it was pivotal and pivotal in that could have been absolutely disastrous if we didn't win because, you know, like someone mentioned earlier, I don't know how Jordan Henderson walks into the dressing room again and goes, we go again. I don't know how, you know, you pick the players up and you say, well, we're just going to have to go for a game. We've got to the final hurdle and we've be- been beaten again. And, you know, it could have been it could have been a case of Liverpool as the nearly men again, Liverpool coming, you know, coming short again, Klopp losing another final, and that just would have been disastrous. I just don't know how we would have dealt with that. And so it's perfect to be able to talk about this after we've won it. Um, and it was interesting when um, we interviewed Dick Leash, John spoke to him, I think Josh... Um, said about this team deserving the European Cup and Dagley said well you don't deserve it until you win it and I think yes I agree with that but it just would have been such a shame for us to finish this this season and for them not to have something um, and they have and they've given us you know we had a brilliant time in Madrid whether you watched it in Madrid whether you watched it um, in the stadium whether you watched it you know in supporters clubs all around the world it doesn't matter if you watched it with your mates you had the best night of your life watching this and that's what this team have given us and this team have given us so many of these nights but they've now given us number six and so the best thing to come out of this when I sat and thought about it was that that final isn't the destination because last year in Kiev like I said we spoke about it being the beginning but this feels like a new beginning it feels like feels like 
I don't know what this Liverpool team can achieve because they can they can achieve absolutely anything. Um, it feels like we've never been in a better position to go for the league, and it feels like with those players having sort of experienced what it's like not just to win the, the the Champions League and to win silverware with Liverpool but for them to experience what the parade's like and what the next few months are going to be like when they're in the city and they're getting stopped by people and you know for Divock Origi to now be called a club legend and for so many players within the squad and I say squad not just team squad now that have made an impact on the way to winning number six I think that's that's absolutely massive and so um, yeah the, like I said the final it's not. It's not. That isn't the destination for this team now. Winning, it's not the destination either. It feels like um, this is just the beginning of something, maybe even bigger than winning number six. Uh, just very quickly before we move on to Andy Craig, you mentioned a lot of the games there that you've almost forgotten about because we had so many brilliant ones that were really intense across the season. Aside from Barcelona home and aside from the European Cup final, what one do you think you enjoyed the most? Probably Bayern, uh, Bayern away, um, because that was the moment where, uh, at the end of the game, we were all looking each other in the eye and, and saying, "God, they are going to win the European Cup. They're going to go and win the European Cup. They're going to they're going to take us to Madrid." And I think that, um, like I said, because the the league has been this thing that's consumed us, and it's it's almost it's been irrational. It's almost been unhealthy how much it's consumed us. I think, and that's why I ask Arthur about next season. That's why I think that next season will be far better placed as a fan base. We'll be in, you know, we'll we, we'll have learnt what it feels like, and we'll have a lot more belief and trust in this football team. But I think Byron was that that moment where I sort of thought, God, here we go again. You know, they're going to do it to us again. And I think that that's probably the moment the rest of the Europe thought, Oh God, here they go again. And I think. You know, you you mentioned the the, the Bayern four 0 I think that we needed, I think we needed to get beat by um, Barcelona away from home to feel that despair because that's I've I felt lower then than I did it after Kiev. Um, I think we needed to feel that despair for us to to really properly enjoy the high of the four 0 against Barcelona, and I think we needed Vincent Company blaming it in just before that game to feel how you know. I didn't need that. Do you know what? That in the stadium after um, that Barca game, I, I remember us talking about it and thinking, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Think of think of how how low we felt over the last mo- uh, the last week in terms of the uh, getting beat at, at the new Camp, and then beating Newcastle and having this oh my god this high, and then being beat and then having to watch Vincent Company do that and feeling low again. And it's just this constant high and low, and for that to sort of first then to be given the best night in, in, in Anfield's European history was just something special and for it now to not be consigned to just being a great a, a great game to be at for it to be consigned in, in history as being <clears throat> you know on the road to number six is, is perfect the best semi-final ever <laughs> right thanks very much to Craig for that next up is Andy Heaton Andy. I, um, I'll keep this brief because everyone's pretty much made all the, the points they need to make and, um Funny Gerard earlier got mentioned earlier in the show because one of the, one of the things he came out with, which and he come out with a load of shite sometimes, but occasionally, and he said you can't program success; you can only prepare for it. And I think that's been borne out on the pitch this season. And I think that also any anything you thought you knew about this Liverpool football team has been ripped up this season. Um, just how they've done it. I mean, last season was, I mean, the KF season was fantastic, but it was built on the back of this. Probably having the most informed player in Europe at the time, Mo Salah, and you know it was kind of like he was the fat, he was the fire and pistol for everything. Whereas this season, you know, we we've seen it, we've seen three or four different versions of this Liverpool side, and I think as well, 
similar to the Kiev season, the, the team that finishes the season is totally different to the team that starts the season. Um, I think it's one that's lands on the pitch. I think there's a lot of pennies dropped for the players, not just the fans, for mm-hmm. the players. The um, Chelsea game was referenced, the Daniel Sturridge one. Um, equally for that game, I think the performance of the goalkeeper. Um, and not just for the fans to go, oh yeah, no, he is good. But also just to see, be on the pitch, for the, the, the squad to go, actually, you know what? This is all right, this. Um, I think there's been occasions where they could have felt sorry for themselves and, and they, they, they've gone again for the Fulham game. For instance, uh, when we went one down to Burnley, um, countless times things went going our way. The, the Everton game, the Vokery, I mean, I, I was, I was stood with you watching that Everton game and we, yeah. and, you know, it's easy to, to, to shoe on a narrative in hindsight, isn't it? But we were all fumed because Liverpool hadn't played well. I was on the way to the ground when it went in. Like, I, <clears throat> we got, as it dropped down, I was the, yeah. on the bottom of the steps at 306. Do you I know, know, I know, because you ended up on top game. of me. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. Um, <laughs> You know, and I think as well, it's been a, it's, I think it's been a season where, you, look, you, you can teach all the theory in the world and you do all the drills in the world at the training ground, but it, there's been plenty of opportunity for the managers to go to them, look, see, I told you, this does work, this does work. And I think that's, that has also engendered itself within the squad where they'll make their own decisions on the pitch now as well. Because it's so easy to just think, oh, well, what's the manager going to do? What, what's the, you, they're taking responsibility on and off the pitch. And I think that bears well. Everything that, that Gareth was saying as well, going forward uh, into next season, the season after, they, they've, they've established themselves and, you know, they believe in it. They believe in it more than I do, I'll be honest. Um, when Messi scored that free kick at the end, I, that was that was it. I, I, I thought, right, okay, game over. Mm-hmm. Not happening. Never happening. Sorry, that was it. And you try and be a little bit cocky and you try and puff your chest out, but... That was kind of like, and it sounds ridiculous that you feel so low after such a good season, but it seemed like all hope had got, like the possibility of something had evaporated because you, you were getting the sense that City weren't going to drop anything. And it was almost a parallel to the company moment where Kev was saying, you know, and you you just feel like your arse has dropped out of yourself. And for the players to have that belief, look, you could play that Anfield game a million times over and we'd probably get the result, what, 10 times in the 100? But the fact that they give themselves the chance to get that result and that belief. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all about hindsight and, well, of course we're going to beat them 4-0 at Anfield, but you know what? It wasn't the case. So, season review. Um, it's mad. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it because it was fantastic, but it's the mundaneness of it sometimes. It's been quite funny just watching us. It's like the being. I know what you mean. Eh? The the stress of some of the games as yeah. well has made it unenjoyable because yeah. of the pressure on us wanting to win the league. Exactly. Whereas the European Cups very much felt like the release for that, hasn't it? And look what we won in that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And also, like we we just so used to, you know, going one 0 up at Anfield and dropping, you know, and losing the late equaliser. And could you just, you just programmed, you you just become conditioned. Sorry to expect that given what we've we've been served over the past. What, 10, 15 years, but that's gone now. And it's not just our own perception of it, it's everyone else's perception of that. I mean, I, I, I mentioned it before, but you listen to what other coaches are saying about Liverpool. The Bayern Munich coach, Nico Kovac, yeah. talking about Liverpool going, oh, they're probably the best team in Europe. You know, you've got, um, oh, the name friggin' escapes me, uh, Valverde and Messi after, after beating us 3 0. And their own ground, and they go, and, and it's not—it's not just sound bites. It's not just going, oh no, it's, it's too legged tight, not over there. Going, 
It's not over this. I mean, what was telling for me in the, in the aftermath of the, the Barcelona defeat was only when I saw after it was Messi, the, the uh, gob on Messi when Dembele missed that chance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Close to the floor, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's how good this Liverpool side are. Now, I get the thing about the league. And look, if you're offering me the league or the European Cup, I'm going to take the league. I'm not going to lie about that. But it feels like to start, I think this is going to be the first of many now. I think we've kick-started it. I think the pennies dropped, with, not the, with the manager per se, but he's got that off his back now. The weight, the weight of that is off his back. And I think we're at the point now where it's no flash in the pan and trophies will be a byproduct of our success. It's not like, oh, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like, we're just going to be... It'll be a process to win games. It'll be a process than, to... Yeah. Yeah. Going up, yeah. Um, and I think the trophies will be, will be a byproduct of that. And, you know, as Gareth was saying, the age of the, the squad that we've got, you can only see for the most part to getting better and better. So, yeah. Put the reds in that. <laughs> there you go. Put the reds in that. Uh, I'm going to do mine briefly because we've not got much time left. Um, but I, I only remember the, the other day myself. I, I was away for a significant proportion of the season because I moved away for work. So missed sort of September to November and then January. Um, so I was convinced at the end of August because I'd been to them games. So we'd played um, West Ham, Palace away and then Brighton. I, I was convinced that we were either going to win the league or come very, very close. Partly because we'd been brilliant in them games, I think. Uh, we'd we'd decimated West Ham and then won the other two in difficult circumstances. Man City had already gone to Wolves and dropped points. And partly because I was moving away, I was thinking, oh, this will be the one that the bastards do it because I'm going to miss plenty of games. Um, but I remember thinking from them, and, and that's the first time I think that... the. As a, as a supporter base, we've been as invested in a season from the start and it's felt like one misstep and you could be gone. So I think that's why, for example, everyone's mentioned that Spurs game. That's why that feels so big to get over the line and, that, and not even draw it because it feels like oh, if you just if you just drop them points there or if you go to Chelsea and Sturridge doesn't score that goal, the whole season's different. Or if Mares scores that pen, yeah. which is a real sliding towards moment as well. If we, if we lose that game back in it's early October, we probably lose six or seven over the course of the season, I think, and we come nowhere near to, to, to matching their points tally. And I came back for, for, for Christmas and went to, the, went to Wolves away. And I think that's a game that's sort of forgotten in a sense because... It was absolutely howling with wind, pissing with rain. Wolves are a really good team. They've already beaten Chelsea at home. They've drawn with Manchester City. They went really close with Tottenham as well. Really, really difficult game that was on a Friday night. And Liverpool went and were really comfortable. And some of the big names really stood up that night. So Van Dijk scores a goal. It's his first one, I think, since the one uh, in the derby against Everton. So the song feels a bit legitimised by that. But he does that. Salah gets a goal. The goalkeeper's really good that night as well. And it feels like Liverpool's big characters make a statement that night. And I knew that Man City were going to lose that weekend. They're only playing Crystal Palace at home. But the only time they'd lost previous to that was they went to Stamford Bridge and lost after Liverpool had beaten Bournemouth to go top of the league because we played a game more at that point. And I knew that their heads would go. And they lost to Palace and then they lost to Leicester. And it was all because of the psychology of, of this Liverpool team. And they were looking at us and going, I don't, we don't see where they drop points next. Because they're beating all these teams, all these quite good teams. The only games that they've dropped points in are against, well, us and other members of the top six that are really challenging. And they shit themselves. They absolutely shit themselves. And the only thing that, that for me stops Liverpool going on and maybe winning the league by 10, 12 points is the 11 millimetres when that ball doesn't go over the line at the Etihad. I think if that goes in and Liverpool either win that game or draw it, they just don't lose it. 
there's still a seven point gap. I think Guardiola's going, you know what, European Cup's what we're going for here. Yeah. Because this gap is really big now. And I don't see if they still haven't lost here, they're still unbeaten going into the second half of the season, 21, 22 games in, whatever it is. I don't think we're going to be able to hack this. We have to go all eggs in the European Cup basket. And maybe everything changes then. Maybe they do end up going on with the European Cup and we win the league. And maybe everyone will be sort of happy with that. I don't know. But I think that's crucial. I think that's where where the season hinges basically I think that's a massive one but I then came back for, for February the start of February and I've been fortunate enough to barely miss a game since I wasn't able to go to Porto away or Fulham away but every game home and away and all other comps I've been to and what a privilege it's been to live um, you may have seen some of the like mad videos that I do in stadiums at the end of matches. They've done it again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say because like we, we refer to it as the post-match wham officially. Um, and um, yeah, I've shouted they've done it again on so many of them videos because twice a week Liverpool were winning dead hard footy matches in different circumstances. So they'd go to they'd go to Bayern Munich for example and just be just be one of the best European away sides ever and score three brilliant goals. But then they'd go to Southampton and be absolutely terrible for 65 minutes and bring two lads off the bench that, in the grand scheme of things, aren't really that fancy, Henderson and Milner, and put the game to bed and score again three really good goals and Salah scores what, for me, I think is probably still my goal of the season there because oh, of the celebration and everything. I've just also said, I missed that out on my review there. That Southampton game is the one that says to me, this team will win the league title next mm-hmm. year or the year after, whenever it'll be, but it will happen because that game, I didn't go to the match, I watched it with my dad and fucking hell the stress I felt during yeah. that match was ridiculous mm-hmm. but the let off when the goal went in yeah. was absolutely one of the best I've ever experienced as a Liverpool fan and it looked like the players they, they celebrated as much as we did but they knew they were going to do it you know what I mean they knew and Southampton knew and going into next season teams are going to think fucking hell no matter what we do here it'll take an absolute miracle to stop these because of results like that and here the results that probably say this is not just a flash in the pan it's a five, six, seven, ten mm-hmm. year project that there was real tension in the end that night. I think that was the first one where everyone thought, hang on, this might go here. But they pulled it out. And then I think from then on, it was the maddest celebration I've ever been in. There were people on top of each other everywhere. I think everyone thought, this has to mean something now. We have to do this. And then Newcastle happened similarly. Chelsea, Tottenham, all these games where Liverpool from somewhere, just when you think they might be about to let go, just where you think they might drop two points and therefore the title, keep it going and push them all the way until, what is it, 70 minutes of Brighton and Hove Albion where they've finally gone 3-1 up and it is finished then. They pushed them all that way by winning mad games of footy left, right and centre twice a week. So intense. And and ends up with the European Cup and, and I was stood on the ground thinking I wouldn't swap this for the world. Because for, for people my age, that's that's our first real one. We had Istanbul, we watched it on the telly, we went to the parade and everything, but this is the first one we get to truly live, to be a part of, to be on that adventure. And going there on the bus and back and everything, I wouldn't change that for a league. I would love to have the league title, that's what I want more than anything next season now that I've had my European Cup. But it was still so special, it was still the culmination of, of everything we've experienced across the past few years. And... It has been such an adventure to live, like like all them games. For me, I'm obviously disappointed that Liverpool win the league, but but I went to Southampton with me mates and uh, Newcastle with me mates and, and Cardiff with me mates and everything, all these mad away games where Liverpool had to win to be a part of it. And those memories don't get taken away. We all still get to have them, whether you watched it on the telly, whether you watched it in a supporters club in the USA, whatever. If you're in, if you're in the ground, you still get to have them, which is brilliant. Can I just dive in on that? It never really occurred to me then, so you just said it like, so, all right, we didn't win the league. But we can still refer to it because we it ended with the European Cup. You know, we can talk about yeah. it. So, say you end up potless, you're just kind of like, well, 
bit shit that one. Well, you know what I mean? Talk about 2013, 14. It's known as the season we almost won the league. Mm. Yeah. This would have been the season we almost won the league again. again. But now it's not. Now it's the season that Liverpool won a European Cup. Exactly. And that'll be ma- that's massive for the players in going into next year because we almost won it. And as we referred to before, if Henderson's then trying to G them up again after another near miss, it's. Un- even he might only believe it in 95%, but now he believes it at 120%. And so does everyone else who listens to it. So anyone, like, opposition fans love to take the piss, don't you? And rightly so, we do to anyone else. But no one can refer to this year as, ah, you almost won the league. Sound what you're on about? We won our 60 European Cup, do you know what I mean? So, and no one else club, has won it with 97 points in the league. Well. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. And also, they can't say that it's it's been bald. I think it's crucial that they, they, that they do take them to the very last yeah. game. They do take them to, you know, even the last half of the second half of the last game because... Um, that means you've got something to hang your hat on rather than oh there was that moment that it all you know the, the house of cards fell down around yeah, this yeah. it wasn't that it was just a case of uh, you would have thought that a draw against Everton a draw against United might have been okay consider- considering the run of fixtures that we then go on to win um, but like we said earlier I think that's a that's a learned experience now that we know mm-hmm. for next season Dan just one from me one quick one do you think because the manager's been so committed to winning one of the big two league or the European Cup the pressure's off now to some extent. Obviously, we still want the league next year, but there's also something in the fact about momentum and just picking up trophies, and you just kind of ride that wave. Do you think because of that, he might take the domestic cups more seriously next season? And I know they've been diluted, and the importance is not there. But teams like City still take them, you know, very seriously. As do Chelsea, etc. Do you think there's something in that where it's just important to keep winning stuff, regardless of whether it's one of the big two? I think it's hard to plan for. Because it depends like who you get in draws. So for last season, for example, he might have wanted to take it dead seriously, but you end up with Chelsea at home in the League Cup third mm-hmm. round, where the City are playing Bayern Albion in semis. Yeah. And it a lot of it is just the way the draw goes and, and what your context is at the time, who you're playing that weekend and stuff. So I don't I don't think they plan around the domestic cups, to be honest. I think it's just we put whatever team out because people are gonna need a rest. And then if we get three, four rounds in, we think, hang on. Maybe we could win this and maybe we should start playing the big lads. I think it's still totally about winning the league next season and then getting to the quarters in the European Cup and seeing what happens. Because we all know, I've been talking about the adventure there, it's been such a privilege to live this with, with people that you care about. Like we talked about the footballers, you genuinely care about them. But just going the game here, there and everywhere, going that final with your mates and your family and, and people who care about footy as much as you has been fantastic. And from August, we do it all again. I can't wait to watch them play footy again. And, and that first game in the league next season, the fixtures are coming out this week. It's probably someone home or away that's a bit down the league because it's where you get a big side opening day. So say, for example, we've got Wolves up mile on your first day. It's going to feel like the biggest league game I've ever seen because we we know what we've got to do to win it again we know 97 might not be good enough again and we've got to win everything and then you've got the Super Cup and all the different Seven trophies that we're trying to win that, before Christmas even yeah, and it's going to be such a ride again we've had a brilliant time this season we think and it's only been these two competitions where Liverpool have been winning mad games of footy twice a week going to be doing it more than that it's going to be three times a week four times a week at different stages and, here, and, and there's trophies on the line all the time and you can you can debate whether they're glorified friendlies or not um, but you know, the, the, there is chances to win silverware, whether it is the Community Shield, whether it's the Super Cup, whether it's the World Club Championship. You've got you've got these little, you know, they'll get to still lift something above their heads. Do you know what I mean? And so it's getting into that rhythm. Um, I think you're right, though. I think you will. I think the FA Cup. I think he maybe does look at that next season. 
Well, sixth European Cup this season, hopefully seven trophies next season <laughs> across the course of the campaign. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this format. There's plenty more of them as well on the Anfield App Tour Player Service if you subscribe. If you don't get on them, they've been really good. There's also loads of stuff coming up about the transfers and the international football and the pre-season and stuff. So if you aren't a subscriber, uh, go to theanfieldapp.com forward slash subscribe and sort that out. It's the best time to do so. And for now, enjoy still being a champion of Europe. You've got 12 months, 51 weeks at least left of it. And who knows, they might well be in the Atatürk again next May trying to do it once more but for now thank you very much for listening all the best and up the reds Sports Social Podcast Network